Scripture reading this morning will be taken from Colossians chapter 3. We'll be reading verses 19 through the end of the chapter. Colossians 3, 19 through 24. Husband, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Good morning, church. It is good to see each and every one of you. And we thank you for being here today. I was thinking about last week and how all these decorations around here for Vacation Bible School. We had a great week of Vacation Bible School. And as I look across this audience, I I was amazed at the number of you that were involved in, in many ways in our Vacation Bible School. In fact, on Thursday, the last day, People were here hours after Vacation Bible School cleaning up. Young people and adults getting things back in order so that we can go about our normal routines. But we had uh, almost uh, right around 300 uh, each day. And so we were thankful for all of those who brought young people and for those that invited, knocked on doors and passed out uh, flyers inviting people of our community to our Vacation Bible School. So thank you for that. We had a great week. As Brother Donnie already mentioned, our, our... We have several uh, up in Ohio, Dover, Ohio, uh, conducting a mission trip this week. And they have made it, and they are beginning their work today. And so we're thankful for their safe travel. But I want to encourage you to be praying for them this week as they work with this church, as they do some service projects and do a vacation Bible school for the church there to build that church up and to also encourage that church as well. And also pray for their safe return back because we do want them back safe and sound. Happy Father's Day. This is a great day, and uh, someone mentioned to me earlier now, now listen, take it easy. Take it easy on us fathers. And I, my, my response to them was, well, it's hard for me too. When you are one, it's hard to preach about one, isn't it? It's a lot easier many times to uh, talk about what we ought to do and talk about how you ought to live and then to get there and do it is, is many times more difficult. But I'm thankful that we have a Heavenly Father that has set us an example of how to be fathers. That has given us a Savior Because as I also look across this audience, we come from all walks of life. We have various personalities. We come from different areas of the country. And yet we can come together, and isn't it beautiful, that we can come together and worship Father God in the unity of Jesus Christ. Thank you for being here today. I came across several things that I'd like to share with you about fathers. Some of them are funny and some of them are are thought-provoking. Go ahead and turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and we'll be there in just a a minute. I did a search on the internet 
to find Father's Day quotes. And some of these come from some comedians, and I just want to share them with you. One man said, You can tell what was the best year of your father's life because they seemed to freeze that clothing style and ride it out. (laughs) Another said, When you're young, you think your dad is Superman. Then you grow up and you realize he's just a regular guy who wears a cape. One guy said, I gave my father $100 and said, buy yourself something that will make your life easier. So he went out and bought a present for my mother. (laughs) One writes, we wondered why when a child laughed, he belonged to daddy. And when he had a sagging diaper and smelled like a landfill, he belonged to mother. This one... I think makes a difference. Mark Twain says, When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant. I could hardly stand to have the man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the man had learned in seven years. Jim, Jimmy Valvano says, My father gave me the greatest gift anyone could give another person. He believed in me. William Shakespeare writes, When a father gives, his, gives to his son, both laugh. When a son gives to his father, both cry. The great baseball player Wade Boggs says, Anyone can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. And that is why I call you dad, because you are so special to me. You taught me the game, and you taught me how to play it right. This morning I want us to take a look at Ephesians chapter 5 and Ephesians chapter 6. And I want us to notice just a few things that fathers are called to be. First of all, I want us to notice in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23 that fathers are called to lead. Look at what Jesus said. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and is the Savior of the body. In chapter 1 and verses 22 and 23, he mentions that Jesus is the head of the body. And He put all things under His feet and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body. So, through Scripture, God says, Fathers, you are the head. And fathers are called to be the head of the family in the same way that Christ is the head of the church. And when we think about it in that way, it brings things in a different perspective, doesn't it? You see, being the head does not mean being a dictator. It does not mean that as a father and as being called a father that I go around barking out instructions. But it means that I lead with humility, with love, and with respect for all that are in the household. Paul says, Christ loved the church and is the Savior of that church. And so we see that thinking about Christ being the Savior, that He loves the church. He loved the church so much that He died for it. 
And He has concern for the body. And that, fathers, that is the way we are to lead in our families. With care, with love, and concern for our family. I want you to notice in chapter 5 and verse 21 how Paul starts this section of Scripture dealing with wives and husbands submitting to one another. And I want you to notice what he says in verse 21. Submitting to one another, how? In the fear of God. So fathers, we begin and we're called to lead, but we're called to lead by first submitting to God. Turn your Bibles, hold your place there in Ephesians chapter 6, and I want you to flip back to Genesis chapter 2. For you see, this is not just something new that Paul establishes in the New Testament or that God sends through the Holy Spirit to Paul to talk about. This goes back all the way to the beginning. I want you to notice in Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 7. Genesis 2 and verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there He put the man whom He had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now drop down to verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. And then God sees that it's not good that man, man is alone and He creates a help meet for him, the woman. Did you notice the progression? God creates man and the garden. And God says man to sets man to tend the garden and oversee the garden and oversee all the creation. And then God gives man a command. Of all that is in the garden, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For when you do, you will surely die. And after that, He creates the woman. So what's the point? The point is that God expected the man. God expected the man to share this command with his wife and later with his children and then to lead in following through with that command. God calls fathers to be leaders. But what does it mean to be a leader? I think back to when I was in high school, our football coach, he would always talk to us about being a leader. He would always challenge us to be the leader of the team. And he would always say, a leader is someone who is out front, who is down on the practice field first, who is out leading. And you know, that may be true and likely is in sports. But that's not always the case in the church and not always the case at home. Now sometimes 
Leaders are to be out front leading. But sometimes it's through that quiet, gentle way of serving. Do you remember back in John chapter 13 how Jesus led in that servant attitude when He washed the disciples' feet and do you remember what He told them? He said, you go and do likewise. You see, the difficulty comes in learning when to be out front and when to be serving. Leadership is difficult. Just ask someone who's in leadership. But done the right way, the way God would have us to do it, it can truly be rewarding. Fathers, we are called to lead. But I want you to notice in some particular ways. Some we've already mentioned, but I want you to notice some more detail. Look in chapter 5, beginning in verse 25 and following. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present her to Himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You see, fathers are called to be leaders by example. Leaders by example in the way we love our wives. In the way that we respect our wives. In the way Christ loves the church. You see in verse 25, we're taught that it's a sacrificial love. The Bible speaks about Christ's love for the church and that He gave Himself up for her. One person says, a real man loves his wife and places his family as the most important thing in life. Nothing has brought me more peace and content in life than simply being a good husband and father. You see, fathers, we train and we teach and we lead by example in the way that we love and care and respect our wives. Paul describes this love, the love that a man should have for his wife, in that he says he loves him like he does him, he loves her like he does himself. For he nourishes and cherishes and takes care of himself. And we know, we try to take care of ourselves the best way possible. If we're thirsty, we get something to drink. If we're hungry, we go get something to eat. If we're dirty, we make sure ourselves are clean. And if we need something for ourselves, we try to make sure we have that for ourselves. And we should share that same love and care, fathers, for our wives and the mother of our children. Seeking the best for her and her best interest. 
I want you to listen to the way one person describes this love relationship that began in the beginning and that Paul says it should be the way Christ loves and cares for the church. Before the fall, Adam and Eve lived in the, in the beautiful harmony and satisfaction of a perfect marriage. When Adam first saw Eve, he immediately recognized her as his perfect companion. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, he said. He saw no blemishes or shortcomings in her because both her character and his attitude were pure. There was nothing to criticize in Eve and there was no critical spirit in Adam. Though they were both naked, they were not ashamed because there was no such thing as an evil and impure or perverse thought. Man was created first and was given headship over the woman and over creation. And notice this. But their original relationship was so pure and perfect that his headship over her was a manifestation of his consuming love for her. And her submission to him was a manifestation of her consuming love for him. No selfishness or self-will marred their relationship. Each lived for the other in perfect fulfillment of their created purpose and under God's perfect provisions and care. Fathers, we are lead by example in the way we love our wives and respect our wives and the mother of our children. But notice over in chapter 6 and verse 4 what Paul says about fathers to their children. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training or the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Fathers are, be, are to be devoted to their children. A love of and for His children that would lead to guiding and training His children. How? Training His children in the way that He loves God. I have to ask myself the question. If I or someone else were to ask my children, does your dad love God? What would they say? We are to train our children in serving God and the way we serve God and the way to serve God. If we were to ask our children, does your father serve God? What would they say? And in living by faith, in good times and also in difficult times. If someone were to ask my children, does your father live by faith? Now let me preface this question. I know it's easy in the good times, but does your father live by faith in the difficult times? What would my children say? We are to teach our children to pray. To pray often. To pray seeking God's wisdom. To pray for others. To pray for those who are sick. For our missionaries. For our country. 
for the world, for the church. We are to lead in, in showing our children the importance of reading and studying God's Word. And we are to lead in how we treat and interact with others. How do our children see us interact with our church family, with our neighbors, with those at the grocery store, or the parts store, or Lowe's, or in our workplaces? How do they see us interact with them? How do they see us interact with difficult people? Because that's difficult. And you see, I'm not suggesting that we be 100% perfect in these areas because I know sometimes situations get the best of us, don't they? Sometimes people get the best of us. For you see, I also think we train our young people in when we do mess up. That they see us say, I'm sorry. That they see us ask people for forgiveness. That they see us ask God for forgiveness. Fathers, we are to give our children instruction and direction in the Lord. For we're either going to lead in the Lord or out of the Lord. Turn over, if you will, to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. This famous passage that's known to the uh, children of Israel, to Jewish people as the Shema. And I want you to notice some things that they did and some things that they saw as important. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 2, "...that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all His statutes and His commandments, which I command you, you, your sons, and your grandsons." All the days of your life. So what's he indicating? Fathers teach their children and to their grandchildren and to their children. And on down the line. Our children will learn from us, fathers, in the way that we live and lead. Charles Swindoll tells a story about when he was growing up And he was working at this five and dime store and he stole six softballs. He asked the question, I don't know what I was going to do with six softballs, but I was contemplating and thinking about where in the world am I going to hide these six softballs. And so he hid them in the back of one of his drawers. But his mother found it. She found those softballs. And guess what? She told Dad... And when Dad got home, Swindoll tells about his dad approaching him and talking to him about what he had done. But you know, he didn't just get on to him. This is what he did. He said, get your things ready. We're going down to the store. And you're going to go in and you're going to tell, you're going to confess to the owner. And so Swindoll, as he's telling this story, they drive up and he says his dad let him out. His dad did not go into the store. And he goes into that store and he confesses to his boss. And he hears the words, You're fired. 
And this is what he said about his dad. I remember my dad beginning to rebuild my emotions. I had done wrong. And I had learned an incredible lesson. He didn't overdo it, but he drilled into me that when you steal, you get fired. And if you don't get fired at, that, at the moment, you lose something that, you can't, that can't be bought with any price. And that's your self-respect. What a lesson. What a lesson of a father teaching. Teaching his son. One person says, Mothers play an important role as the heart of the home, but this is in no way lessens the equally important role fathers should play as head of the home in nurturing, training, and loving their children. You see, fathers are to provide leadership in the bringing up of their children so that they might be productive citizens, not only in the church, but also in the community. It's a balanced role. If you're a mom or a dad, this is a somewhat older book, but Carl Brookine and Paul Faulkner wrote this book several years ago, back in the 90s, about what every family needs. And on page 19, in the chapter on husbands, this is what his research at that time revealed. Recent research has concluded that the personality and background of the husband, not the wife, were the important factors in the success of a marriage. Another writer said, studies of delinquency repeatedly indicate that fathers are more influential than mothers in the development of delinquent behavior in their children. Two sociologists from the University of Southern California studied 2004 blue-collar families in Los Angeles for four years and concluded that if the father attends church regularly, the children will be, will be more likely to attend church regularly. Fathers, we play a very, very important role in our families. In the lives of our wives and our children. And like we have looked at, that's exactly the way God planned it. Today, if you're a father, we do honor you. We do thank you for all that you do for your family. But I challenge myself as a father and would like to share that challenge with you as a father that we lead. We are called to lead. And we are called to lead our families by example. And fathers, you know that is no easy task. And we need to challenge each other. And we need to encourage each other. And wives and mothers, we need your help. And we need your encouragement. And to all of us, we are to lead by examples as we go out into this world. Today, if you're not a child of God, it's our prayer. Will you give your life to Jesus today? We have water. The eunuch in Acts chapter 8 said, Here's water. What's hindering me from being baptized? And the Bible says, Philip, 
went down in the water with the eunuch and he baptized him. He buried him. He showed that I'm dying to my old self. And the Bible says when he came up out of that water, he went on his way rejoicing because now he walked with the Lord. Now he had help. Now he was a light in a dark world. If you've not made that decision today, it's our prayer that you will. Maybe you're here today. and Maybe you're a father. and Maybe... Maybe you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. You want to lead your family by saying, I want to make sure I'm right with the Lord. I want to make sure I'm leading, I'm submitting first to the Lord, and I want to make sure I'm leading my family. Maybe this here, you're, you're here today, and life is tough. And you need prayers. And you need help. What better time than with God's family to say, please help me. Please pray for me. Please pray with me. If you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation, don't wait another moment, but come forward and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.